Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. So how was your birthday in the end last week? It was ill. You were sick on your actual birthday. I didn't. I was ill for 24 hours, which encompassed my entire birthday and nothing else. I'm so sorry to hear that, because mm. I was already feeling bad about your birthday, because you were here to record the podcast a couple of days before um, last week, and I said to you, oh, about your present, I'm having something delivered to your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was just lying. No, you, I think you know, I said, I'm having to deliver, I haven't bought it yet, but I am having something <laughs> delivered. <laughs> and then after you went, I was like trying to think, what can I even get her that's going to be delivered to a house on time? Yeah. And and then I just couldn't couldn't think of anything. You know, like sometimes you're full of birthday and Christmas inspiration and then other times mm. you're not. And I'm really in one of those phases at the moment. So I then thought, oh, as I go about my week, I will just look for something very thoughtful to get her. It'll occur to me. Mm. And then you know what happened. What? Like this morning, it's like, oh, God, I haven't bought Annabella birthday present. Was it today? <laughs> so, so I went out and got some stuff all from the same shop this morning. But it's really and, nice. And then I put it somewhere, yeah. so it looked as if it had been there for a few days. That's what I thought. I thought you bought it. Look, I did, honestly. I'm sure I spoke to you in the week, and you went, oh, I'm just looking at presents for you or something. I was, but I couldn't see anything. Oh, because yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. bought it. Oh. No, so I bought it this morning, and then for when you arrived. Fresh out of the shop. I sort of, sort of tucked it behind... Um, a cupboard and when oh. we were having a cup of tea I was yeah. like oh your birthday I've present just, I just remembered you were very like oh I, I completely forgot but yeah, yeah, there, yeah when in actual fact I was back from the shops uh, 10 minutes before you got here really yes okay. yeah yeah okay. and you know I think I got you some nice things very for nice. your birthday very. but they weren't thoughtful gifts oh I think they're thoughtful well they're nice but they're not thoughtful because you're one of these people who is really good at getting thoughtful gifts. Sometimes. You remember things. You know, like one of these people who, if maybe nine years ago, had said, oh, I've always I've always dreamed of going to Hawaii or something <laughs> like that. Then for my birthday one year, you would get me a ukulele or I mean, right. you, you're a Hawaiian shirt. You're that thoughtful person, whereas I'm not. Although you've had a bad experience of that recently. Oh, just the worst, yeah. Because I, I, I do like to try and be thoughtful because I hate that thinking, oh, what am I going to buy someone? So I try and listen out for what people want. And my boyfriend friend bought his mum for Christmas a posh pepper grinder 
and how do you say it? Le Creuset? Le Creuset? I think you say, think you say Le Creuset, even Le Creuset. though that doesn't seem right because you never pronounce the last letter in French okay. usually unless it runs into a vowel in the front of the um, following word. But anyway. Right. I'm going to go Le Creuset. Le Creuset. Uh, Le, um, Le Creuset. And he used it over Christmas and he was going on and on about it. I think at one point he said that he loved it more than me. Like, that, like That's how much he was going on about it. But there was, no, there was no hinting or anything. But it's his birthday in March as well. So I thought at the time I thought, right, that is what I'm going to get him for his birthday. Brilliant. Um, and so I bought it because it was 20% off in uh, John Lewis this week. So I bought it slightly cheaper. And then at the weekend, I was with his brother and his sister and we were having lunch. And Tom went, oh, uh, Hugh and Mary, if you want to know what to get me for my birthday, what I'd really love is a Lacuso pepper grinder. Oh, no. And I sat there for 10 seconds thinking, firstly, OK, I don't want them to get it. So I guess I can just warn them afterwards not to get it. But worse still, he's going to now think that I heard that and then thought, oh, I'll get him that. Rather than this extremely thoughtful three months in preparation <laughs> idea. So I sat there for 10 seconds thinking, oh, I really want to say something. I really want to say something. I thought, I can't. I can't spoil it. And then I went, oh, actually, I've already got you that. <laughs> can help myself. Because she wanted to prove how thoughtful you were. I'm so vain. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't, I just couldn't let him think that I just ripped the idea off him. I had to let him know that I'd pre-bought it. (laughs) Even though now it's not a surprise. Terrible. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With, 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 get with it. Adrift. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I was just thinking that would be a good topic for you to send in stories on, which is your own thoughtfulness not going recognised, but you're too meek to say anything about it. Oh, yeah, with birthday yeah. presents and any present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of generally, oh, if you general. haven't done anything really thoughtful, mm. the other person hasn't clocked what you're trying to do mm. and you didn't want to make a fuss by saying something about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that classic thing, and we uh, had it, we talked about it the other week with the pencils that the people at ACAST got for us. When you get somebody a present and they're not sure, you're not sure if they received it or not, mm. what the etiquette is in those situations all, all this kind of stuff so uh yeah there's that anything on the subject of shyness is nice mm. and meekness yeah. is always good weird things you've said to fill a silence these are the type of stories we're after please if you haven't sent yours in yet or if you've got a new one for us then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com first one's from barbara My husband had invited me along to an evening reception in London that would mean mingling with some of his colleagues and business associates. Of course, it was understood that I should be of my best behaviour, certainly not the kind of social event I was used to attending in my own industry. There were canapes and pims, a botanist supply of pims, it turned out. Naturally, I had too much pims. (laughs) At one point, I was introduced to an architect my husband was working with and his wife. We did the usual small talk stuff. What do you do? Where do you live? Do you have children? On telling us they had one small child, I popped up with, oh, and another one on the way, I see, (gasps) pointing at the architect's wife's belly. Deathly awkward silence. Well, actually, yes, we are, but it's very early stages. We haven't even told our family yet, Uh, came the response from the architect. uh, How did you guess? It was at this point my appalled husband jumped in with, oh, Barbara's psychic. She's always right about these things. (laughs) Really? Came the incredulous response to this surprising twist. Yes, that's right, I said, picking up on my husband's cue. The architect's wife and I locked eyes. She knew and I knew this was clearly not true. She was on the tubby side and what I initially took for a six-month-old pregnancy was clearly overweight. My husband dragged me off very soon after that. Needless to say, it was some time before I was invited to accompany him to any other work dues. Okay, and this one is from Anon. 
I have recently come across your podcast and so enjoyed listening to everyone's stories. I thought it's only fair to share one of mine. I really am not at all good at the social interaction stuff with my fellow humans. So I do have an amazing ability to misread situations, totally jump to wrong conclusions and just generally put my foot in it massively. To make matters worse, I'm not at all shy about getting into situations where I really should have left well alone. Oh, how I wish I was. I need to give you some background to this story. I am the eldest of three boys. My brothers didn't exactly grow up to be the most responsible adults, but somehow I did. And I guess they see me as some kind of father figure, as I'm the one they always come to with their various problems and troubles. And this story concerns one of my brothers, who I shall call Big Roy. He lives in Spain, and I try to get out there when I can to see him and his two boys. And this incident took place on one of those trips. The story starts with Big Roy waiting in arrivals to pick me up. He was sitting on one of those rows of uncomfortable plastic seats that all airports seem to have and he had his youngest son with him, who I shall call Little Roy. He was about 18 months, two years old at the time, I guess. And it was no surprise to me that Big Roy had left Little Roy to run riot, climbing over the seating, jumping around the place, etc., Big Roy was desperate to get going to miss the traffic and immediately started walking to the car park, leaving little Roy behind. I couldn't believe it. I'd literally just got off the plane and I'd been left to deal with this kid already. Now, the reason for my annoyance is that Big Roy has form for this. A couple of years earlier, he and his eldest son, who was about five or six at the time, came over for a family wedding. Big Roy's partner had stayed in Spain due to be heavily pregnant with little Roy. At the reception, my nephew came up to me in tears as he could not find his dad. We had a good look around, but we could not find him anywhere. In fact, Big Roy didn't show up until the next day as he'd met up with an old school friend and they went on a bender and did not tell anyone, even his kid. As a father of five children, I just could not believe that my brother could even think about doing such a thing. And even my other brother, who is generally even more irresponsible than Big Roy, was not impressed. So you will see no doubt as to why I took particular umbrage to this. So back to the Spanish airport and to make things worse for me, little Roy was playing up with me badly. He was totally ignoring me and just ran off when I tried to pick him up so we could catch up with his dad. Then a guy who'd been watching this whole thing comes over and starts telling me what he thinks of my brother too. Well, that's what I assume he's saying as he's shouting in Spanish and I can't understand a word. He's very angry though and we were attracting a small crowd and they were starting to share our anger at my brother's poor parenting skill too. The Spanish do take family values very seriously and it was at this point my brother shows up. What the hell are you doing? He asks. Looking out for your kid again. I ripped into him as the memory of the wedding reception came flooding back to me. I can't believe you just walked off and left little Roy behind. See how upset you've made him. What kind of parent are you? Even this guy thinks you're a useless dad, I continued, (laughs) indicating the angry Spanish guy. That's not little Roy, you idiot, (laughs) said Big Roy. Yep, I have just made an involuntary foray into the exciting and challenging world of child napping. (laughs) And of course, the angry Spanish gentleman was the child's father. Fortunately, Big Roy, who speaks Spanish fluently, managed to calm the die down and the crowd down, most probably by explaining that I'm a complete and total imbecile who should not be allowed in public unsupervised. <laughs> Whatever he said, it seemed to work as I managed to get out of the airport alive and not in the back of a police car van either. I hope you enjoyed the story. And in spite of my brother, both his boys have grown up to be decent and not at all socially awkward beings. Adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. Naughty. Adrift. Time now for a little feature Annabelle likes to call Ways in Which I'm Not a Fully Functioning Adult. Part 10. Part 10. Yeah. How I'm so pathetic, I get bullied by children. 
Now, we all know that children get bullied by other children, but when are we going to talk about adults getting bullied by children? Well, now, that's when. <laughs> I took my one-year-old to a soft play centre last Friday afternoon because I wanted to see some depressed people eating chips while their children go feral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a laugh of recognition. <laughs> And Rudy quite likes going in the soft play bit that I paid £5 for for about five minutes and then spending the rest of the time trying to go into the toilets, putting his hands in any bins, walking around the seated area and picking up the most disgusting bits of food off the ground that he can find. It's a nice afternoon out for him. So while we are in the play bit, he's enjoying going down the slide and going in the ball pit and climbing up things. And for a bit of variety, I tried to interest him in this spinning round thing. It's hard to describe, but it's a long cushioned pole, upright pole with a cushioned disc at the bottom that you stand on and then it spins round. So I put Rudy on it and he's quite unsure, but he's clinging to the cushioned pole and I very slowly move it round. And then a child who might have had a gentle disposition if he'd been brought up by wolves charges <laughs> towards the pole, this thing, and then jumps on it and span it round so quickly that Rudy fell off. And if he'd been at hard play, not soft play, he might have hurt himself. Now, I've heard about this lioness instinct in parents. Mess with my children and I'll kill you. So that kicked in and I said, oh, mind the baby, he's smaller than you. <laughs> Killed him with those words. And his reaction was to keep spinning, but with one hand, but with the other one pushing towards us as he shouted, go away, go away, go away. <laughs> Lioness me fought back again with, well, we were here first, but he just carried on. So we went away. <laughs> this child was about three. I was bullied by a three-year-old, by someone over 40 years younger than me. And this is not the first time this has happened. Like my last flat was in this smallish block with a communal garden and it was gated, this garden, and there was grass. Nobody used it, though. The only time I ever used it was to go through it as a shortcut if I was going in one particular direction. Nobody ever spent time of it in it until a family with three small children moved in. And then there was a trampoline, a swing and some other stuff, you know, and that communal garden was theirs. They're out there all the time. And I was just glad it was being used. And then one day, as I was going through as a shortcut, the eldest child, who was about four or five, said to me, what are you doing in our garden? And I told him, well, it's a communal garden, actually. Like a four-year-old knows what communal means. <laughs> Although he seemed to, and he said, it's our garden, get out. And then he flushed my head down the toilet and stole my dinner money. Actually, that last bit's not true. But I did stop using the garden as a shortcut when he was in it. I was bullied out of my own communal garden by a four or five-year-old. I don't seem to get bullied by adults. It's possible they see me as so insignificant that it's not worth bothering. But very small children, I am their target. I am dreading Rudy having friends and friends over because then I'm going to have to be bullied in my own home. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. I have always maintained that you shouldn't apply to go on The Apprentice because your personality isn't big enough for reality TV. <laughs> like, yeah. you'd get a bit lost mm. in amongst those big personalities. Mm. However, I, I'm starting to doubt myself because of your sheer business acumen. Oh, the pencils. Now, all I'm going to say to that is don't speak too soon. Oh. <laughs> I feel like it's gone well so far because... They sold out. 
This is amazing. I was really pleased. But now I keep thinking, I should have gone with my gut and my gut said, fortune favours the brave and ordered more. But I was too nervous too. And I and, and so I think maybe they sold out too quickly and some people still want them, but now it's too late because I can't order any more because you have to buy in bulk and blah, blah, blah. So how, how many were, how many have been sold? Uh, well, in, do you want units or individual pencils? I'll have units, please. Units, okay. The hundred, no, well, it's hundred. I think I sold 162 units. 162 units, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and what is the minimum order? Ah, uh, to get to have them at the same price, it'd be the same. Which is a hundred. Hundred. I think I ordered one hundred seventy-five. I kept a few back for for me. If, and any, you. if any went lost, missing in the post, <laughs> etc. So you're you're now worried that if you were to order another batch of one hundred seventy-five units, they wouldn't sell out. Yeah, I'm all. The thing I'm more worried about is um, the customs forms, the ones sent abroad. That's why I said don't speak too soon. I mean, I, I must spend at least three hours a day panicking that the people are going to get they're going to get stuck in customs. And I must have googled a hundred times and reassured myself it's fine. They're under the mount. They're under the threshold. It's fine. And I feel and I took the form to the post office. And said, did I fill this in right? And they went, yeah, you filled it in right. I'm still very nervous about it. But but I suppose the bigger point is, so it's exciting. We've had people tweet us and yeah. send us messages who've already received their pencils yeah. in the lovely Jeffy bag packaging. Yeah, yeah. Satisfied customers, I like to think of them. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so is there any point in people emailing saying, I would have bought some of those pencils? Or do you think, you know, your foray into the pencil business is, is now over? It was very time consuming. <laughs> Very, very time consuming. I, 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 I don't think we'd be able to sell the same amount again. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I've, I've, I don't want to use the phrase "wash my hands." Of this, yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> yeah I've kept yeah. it very much at arm's length. I think we said all along they're going to be limited edition. Let's keep them that way. Limited okay. edition. Okay. I do have a few left over that I've kept back in case some get lost in the post. Um, so I'll let you know if they, if they if they need to be released, but yeah, <laughs> I think let's keep the limited edition for now, and then maybe in a few months' time we'll do something different. But yeah, well, this is what I was thinking, maybe like a tea towel or something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, but but if if it turns out you've really misjudged this, oh, let me know then. Yeah, if people. Yeah, if people. You feel know, because like, you occasionally oh, hear yeah. of it, don't you? They'll print a few copies of a book, and then yeah. it will turn out to be a sensation, and they have to. No, I didn't. Do rim- I didn't I've never heard of that with me. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not familiar to me. No, no. But yeah, who knows? Maybe the pencils are my, my, my bestseller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if that happens, if if you do, if, if people listen to this and think, oh, I really missed the boat on those pencils and I'd really like some, if you get another, so you'd need 175 emails from people. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen, happen, is it? it? No, no. no. But, mm. All right. Well, that that was a, that was a big success. A big success, as they so say. So far, but we'll wait to hear about the customs issue. Um, so next week, I'm hoping to have some information on Hebden Bridge. Oh, okay, exciting. It now it, I think there's a date sort of penciled in, but I'm nervous say? to say it just say. in case people think oh I should book myself a train ticket or a bus ticket uh, or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to email the guy this week okay. Mal at the Trades Club in Hebden yeah. Bridge, but it's looking like it'll be at the end of June. Okay. Uh, the first ever Adrift live show. Wow, exciting. And I've got some ideas about what we can do. Have you? But it's months yeah. away. What the hell's going on? Yeah, which I will then solidify on the morning of the show. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Phew, I thought something had happened to you. It had bumped on the head or something. I was really worried. Uh, but some news on that. And then I suppose the next thing we should do is something for our Patreon Oh, yes, definitely. Supporters, maybe. Yes. Uh, but, but, you know, all this to be discussed mm. in the coming weeks. In mm. the meantime, if you would like to support us on Patreon, um, 
then it's patreon.com stroke adrift. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. We had a few warm days and now it's gone a bit chilly again. Oh, yeah. So I'd started wearing a spring jacket, but now I'm thinking I do need to go back to my winter coat for a few days. Mm. However, it has a stain on the collar. I'm not sure what it is. Mm. It looks like maybe some kind of paint or something. And it's a coat that can't go in the washing machine, so I need to take it to the dry cleaners. Yeah. But I can't take it to the dry cleaners. Why? Because I've already got stuff in the dry cleaners that I don't want to collect. <laughs> so when you arrive, they'll say, oh, we've got something for you here, Mr. Lloyd. And you have to say, no, I'm just using your storage. <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I think I've mentioned before, like I'm completely paranoid about moths. Hmm. And we get moths in our house and they eat my jumpers and eat my suits and things. So when I take them to the dry cleaners, I'm sort of using it like an additional wardrobe, <laughs> one that doesn't have moths. So I've got a suit in there at the moment that I, I could do with like just leaving there until the next time I have to go to a wedding or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to, so, but I've got to clean this coat. Hmm. But I'm worried that if I go to a different dry cleaner, yeah. the first dry cleaner might see me going in there and think I'm a traitor <laughs> and then do something to my clothes. <laughs> but what should I do? I seek out advice on this week's The Incident. My go-to for this is my friend, the comedian, Susie Ruffle, who is meticulous about life admin. I wanted to find out what an organised person made of my dry cleaning system. I found all of this quite stressful. To begin. Well, this, this is my question. Does this just give you anxiety knowing that people live like this? Well, yes. I think, first of all, my first question would be, how organised is your wardrobe? I mean, some stuff is hung up. Sometimes uh, I'll put something on, realise I've I've grown too large for it, and then just kind of strew it across the wardrobe floor in the hope that it will... Are you still growing, Jeff? I'm still growing, yeah, yeah. I'm having a lot of growing (laughs) pains at the moment, yeah. Right, okay, sure, okay. Well, I didn't realise that. Yeah. That does sort of change things somewhat. so, So I would go jumble sale is the look that I'm going for with my wardrobe. And I don't mean what I'm wearing, I mean the actual wardrobe. Yeah, okay, so I think that the first... The first place that we need to start with this is that do you have too many clothes? Could you maybe get rid of some of them and give them to some sort of charity shop, which, you know, would be good for the world and good for you? And I worked hard then, for those clothes, though, Susie. I know you worked hard for those clothes, but, you know, you can you can enjoy clothes for a bit. And then let them go. I'm just let living. It, I'm just living in hope that after my growth spurt is over, I will eventually yeah. end up at a size that I can fit back into some of these clothes. And you might, but then don't you think if you do grow, you might think if you do go back to the size that you have been after you've grown, um, <laughs> don't you think that you might want to treat yourself to something nice because you'll be like, oh, Maybe. look at me. Maybe. Okay. Okay. You you make it. You make not a bad point with that one what what that doesn't solve is my perennial problem which is a moth problem in our house okay um have you thought about just renting out the spare room to them and just saying guys you can only go in here <laughs> I, I negotiating like, with a moth isn't something I, yeah i'd never considered negotiating with moths well that's why you do need to think outside of the box right right I've thought about buying like a really nice sacrificial cashmere jumper and then just leaving it there in the hope that the moths will feast on that and leave the other clothes alone. Yeah, but that that's the thing. They they want to fuck with you, Jeff. That's the problem. So if you take something to the dry cleaner, how long how I mean are you picking it up the day it's ready? Yeah, or the day after. So you are that organ you're that person. Well, also I'm 
I mean, I, I would say that not long ago, Jeff, I was in a very similar position to you and that I had far too much stuff. And I started to feel a bit like, oh, guilty about it. Like, oh, God, I've got so much. This is a bit gross. And so I've really minimised my wardrobe. So this and is a bit, a bit like people like Steve Jobs and high-end executives who wear the same thing all the time, almost like a uniform, because that then that is a decision taken out of their day. Yeah, it takes out one decision in, in like, oh, God, what am I going to wear for my show tonight? And oh. I'm sure you're using that time wisely now that you don't have that decision to take it up anymore. Yeah, of course I am. I mean... My cat's bed isn't going to microwave itself. <laughs> I've recently got my cat a microwaveable bed. I mean, I, I appreciate. Hey, hang on, no, I, th- I mean, I thought you were just being—I thought that you'd been off the wall. Then you—you. No, you, no, I'm, I'm not a wacky comedian, Jeff. I'm, well, I'm I wouldn't have thought so, but there was the bit earlier in the conversation about negotiating with moths. So I thought maybe you got in a different <laughs> yeah, direction with the, with the comedy. So <laughs> hang on, you're microwaving your cat's bed. Look. You're lucky enough to be a father. Mm. I'm hoping one day to become a mother. Currently, all I have is a very demanding feline. And uh, my girlfriend finds it very annoying if she sleeps in our bed because the cat insists on sleeping in between us. So I decided to get her quite a posh bed. And what you do is you take out the middle section and you pop it in the microwave and it stays warm all night. Wow. And I mean... I feel I feel now it's been very very rich for me to say to you, Jeff. You need to throw away the shit that's in your life, and then for me to say, <laughs> "Ding ding, I'm sorry, my cat's microwave's bed is ready." Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yes, I'm more organised, but I might be mad. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Drift under your control with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I was in Debenhams department store the other day. Oh yeah, and uh, the reason I was in there is because I needed to go to the toilet. <laughs> oh, okay, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a mental map of where the good toilets are, and Debenhams is a pretty good one. And just to be clear here, I needed to go for a sit-down toilet. Okay, thanks for being clear. It's relevant to oh, the story. Okay, okay, okay so so I, I I I go in, go up the escalators, head towards the toilet, and there's a guy in front of me who's doing the same thing. I can tell by the determined way that he's he's heading for the loo. Mm. And uh, as we both walk in, I can see there are two cubicles mm. with open doors mm-hmm. uh, ahead of us. So he looks in one, mm. and then I sort of clock him, not quite pulling a face, but there's something about it that doesn't seem right to him. Yeah. So then he goes in the next one. Yeah. So I then look in this cubicle that he's rejected, mm. and it seems fine hmm. but it just gets under my skin i'm like thinking what has he noticed that i haven't noticed <laughs> or i hear Santa's much higher than me and i look yeah. really skanky yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah so i waited for him to be done Did you? Yes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what else was i gonna tell you that i've done this week oh we went to a supper club what right so this seems to be sort of a trend in the part of London we live in, pop-up supper clubs and, and dining evenings. And I think what they tend to be is people who want to one day open a restaurant. Mm. And maybe they do sort of market stalls, selling food, food markets, this this kind of thing. And then they're working their way up to a restaurant. And one of the steps is taking over an existing space for an evening 
and um, serving a set menu right all at the same time but it's not in, not in your, it their own home it's in a yeah yeah so i think there are ones in people's houses ah, okay. but it wasn't yeah. one of these right so they they'd taken over a cafe hmm. with quite a big back area and i thought oh, this would be good and it, it seemed interesting the menu was tastes of the silk road oh you know the ancient road from Ooh. i guess like china through india through the middle east and bringing flavors and spices as they went um so I thought, I'll sign us up for that. So we, 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 we went and, you know, it said you've got to turn up at seven o'clock. So we turn up and our absolute horror when we got there. Yeah. So it was a big room and they had decorated it so beautifully, mm. uh, like like lots of flowers and they'd done, you know, sort of just lit it beautifully. It was just this wonderful looking room. But it looked like a wedding reception in as much it was just two really long tables. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Meaning yeah. that you sat on a bench with other people, like people on either side of you. Yeah, yeah. And then this phrase supper club was going around in my head and thought, oh God, it's not one of these where you're supposed to sort of interact with the fellow guests, is it? Oh. So what what we ended up doing was if you imagine two long tables, yeah. benches on either side, yeah. we chose the bench furthest away from the front of the room, closest to the exit, yeah. at the end of the bench, right at end. the end of the table. Yeah. And because I'm a punctual person, we got there on time and not many people were there already, so yeah. the room was kind of empty. Mm. So Sarah sits down and I realise what we've done is out of a fairly much an empty room, we've chosen the worst seats in there. So as I say, it's beautifully decorated, but what I'm looking at is Sarah in front of a fire exit and sort of signs on the doors saying, please keep this door closed. Whereas the entire rest of the room, they've got these floral displays and clever things done with twigs and branches and candles and lights. But but we mean, we look like crazy people. (laughs) You've chosen the worst spaces. Because, you know, it's a beautifully designed room and there's one bad seat in it. (laughs) And we've chosen to sit in these bad seats through fear of having to interact with the other diners. Well, what kind of crazy person would go straight to the middle and have people either side? I know. Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's insane. That's only an insane person. And and even with this, I thought, well, there's still going to be some people next to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but fortunately, they seem just as antisocial as we did. And did you build a wall with like pepper and salt? And, like, yeah, yeah, fairly much. <laughs> the only interaction we had is I had to ask them if we could have the water bottle at one stage. Oh, okay. And how did that go? Quite poorly. Oh. <laughs> So here's the thing, you know, I'm happy for people to be antisocial, but at least be needy for other people's approval so that when you're being antisocial, you're sort of being polite at the same time. At least I'm warm, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't get that back, okay. No, no. I'm sorry. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Touch it. Touch it. There is a little corner here in this attic, problematic here at the Glap Clinic. It's called Quandary Corner, and that's where we sit now to solve your social etiquette dilemma. The first one is from Shona. I was out at the weekend for dinner with a former colleague. Let's call her Janet. We don't know each other very well, but really hit it off. And I missed her leaving due earlier in the year, so this was to make up for that. Plan was a quiet dinner and home by nine. 
However, by nine-ish, the other people from work who were there had left. Janet's partner, let's call him John, had joined us. And after a bit, my partner also came along. So it was the four of us. Don't worry, this isn't a swinging story. (laughs) The night went on and they ended up back at ours to stay the night. Honestly, not a swinging story. We'd all had a bit to drink, but no one was falling down drunk or messily drunk. We had a couple of drinks more, listened to some tunes, went to bed. Come to the next morning. My partner is still in bed. I'm having tea in the kitchen with Janet and John. Nice, relaxed and friendly chat. I told a story about thinking I'd heard someone being sick in the hall last night. We live in a flat, so I meant out in the stairwell, but said I'd probably dreamt it because that literally has never happened. It's not that sort of building. The neighbours are great, etc. After a wee while, they draw themselves together, head for the train with an invitation to visit them and vague plans made, including the possibility of John maybe doing some work for us. I go to strip and change the spare bed. Someone has obviously been sick in it and tried to clean it up and then made the bed when they got up. So my dilemma is, do I say anything? And if so, what? And what happens to the relationship now? I really like Janet. John seems like a good guy. We all had a lovely night. And it would just be awkward if we started making excuses not to see them, especially with half plans in the pipeline. I'm astonished that there wasn't a, I'm really sorry, a mortified but conversation quietly this morning, which makes me think maybe whoever it was didn't remember. But there were two of them. And I told a story about thinking I'd heard someone throwing up and we're all supposed to be grown ups. I don't want to embarrass anyone if they don't remember. Or maybe they're already so ashamed and embarrassed they couldn't bring themselves to say anything. But they must have known I'd find out. It's really cast a poll over what could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Please, can you help me? Thank you with anxiety, Shona. P.S. Thank goodness I'm in the habit of immediate bed changing after guests. Benefit of the doubt they were going to bring it up then when you started banging on about it not being that type of a building. <laughs> oh. They felt embarrassed and thought that they'd got away with it with the cleaning. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, absolutely, you shouldn't say anything. I think what I would do in the situation is I wouldn't say anything and I'd let the friendship go on, blossom and grow. And then about 10 years down the line, I'd get really drunk one night and I'd blurt it out and ruin yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I think you should do too. <laughs> that, that's exactly the thing. But I mean, you you can't say anything. How can, can you? You? Yeah, yeah. you just have to, have to pretend it never happened. I've told this story before, but I used to um, often be in Stockholm and my good friends, Carolyn and Malik, would let me stay at their flat. And I'm, I am a nude sleeper and I have been, and I guess I still am of the opinion that it's okay to nude sleep at somebody's el- somebody else's house mm. because th- they, they change the sheets mm-hmm. after, like, like Shona does. Yeah. After you've stayed, they change the sheets. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not that much of a problem. I mean, what's the difference? Like, uh, you know, if you're not a nude sleeper, if you sleep in your undies, for example, you're still, like, sweating out your armpits, you're still slobbering out <laughs> your mouth. I mean, what's the difference? The sheets have got to be changed, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'd, I'd been doing this for a while, you know, not not every week, but with, with some frequency. Mm. If I had to get to the airport, you know, I'd crash at their house. And for Christmas that year, they bought me. They said, oh, I've got your great present. So I unwrapped it. And it was some not quite boxer shorts. Mm. It's these Australian shorts. I forget what the brand is called. But this, you know, some way in between a boxer short and a short, mm. but definitely indoor leisure wear. Yeah, yeah. And I think they bought them for me as a shot across my bows. Right. To, to make sure that I didn't sleep naked in their house anymore. But I wasn't wandering around their house How naked. How would they have known you were sleeping naked? Is something you would have... I don't know. Known. I don't know. So maybe you're being paranoid. 
And mm. you never brought it up, obviously. You never said, oh, is this because? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there are any incriminating stains. Oh, in I don't know. I mean, Jay. I just don't know. But I don't know how that's really relevant to this because it's a one-off. Mm. I mean, if if the friendship does blossom mm. and the, the, a pattern develops, then I think you're entitled oh, to... Oh, you're saying every time they stay over, they're sick in the bed. Yeah, 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 it's their thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then I think I would just cut off friendship because who wants that friend ever? All okay, right. let's What's, move on to Alex yeah. then. He says, I've recently started a new job and so far it's been going great, apart from one small but potent problem. My desk is opposite another new starter who I'll, I'll call Dave. Now, given that English is the second language for Dave, which he hasn't quite mastered yet, and he's hard of hearing, our conversations haven't gone much beyond the generic hi and see you tomorrow at the start and end of each day, as anything further becomes a difficult endeavour between him not understanding or not quite hearing what I've said. However, throughout the course of the day, I've often noticed an odd, sweaty, cheesy smell, which becomes impossible to ignore as the day goes on. After a week or so, I realise that Dave often takes his shoes off at his desk and the awful smell is coming from his feet. How do I tell Dave that his feet are causing this stink and that I can't concentrate when he takes his shoes off without offending him? Thanks, Alex. From Derbyshire. I think what I would do is... So how long has he been doing it for, Dave? Well, it's very recently, you say, so a few weeks, I would guess. I would say... Hey, Dave... Have you noticed a strange smell in here oh, these last few yeah, weeks? Yeah, that's the classic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And hope that he picks up on it or gets paranoid enough to put his shoes on. Yes, yeah. If he doesn't, next step? New job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else. When he goes to the toilet, like, download something incriminating onto his hard drive <laughs> and then report him to HR. <laughs> Yeah, that's another option. Anything rather than say, oh, by the way, your feet yeah. smell. Yeah. I think I told you when I worked in a radio station in Manchester, I mean, I had no part of this. I think it was an awful thing. There was there was a guy in the accounts department who had bad breath, I guess, sort of halitosis, bad breath. And people would talk about it behind his back and didn't know sort of how to tell him. So what they decided to do... <laughs> God. was form a posse oh like sort God. of one person from every department oh my and then went to see him on mass and i think like the, in, in front of one person that is destroying in front of like several people yeah i think i think the sort of wrong-headed mentality was we they didn't want it to feel like he had an enemy or one person singling him out and it was just yeah that of... made them feel better that's all it did <laughs> So one of them didn't have to do it on their own. Oh, the worst. I think, you know, for a lot of these things, the more I think about it, the more poison pen letters are really the way forward. Yeah, cut some... Yes, actually, that's not a bad idea, was it, Alex? Yeah, cut out some letters. From a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, to make it really creepy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's to disguise your handwriting, isn't oh, it? Oh, what about something like getting HR to have a shoes on at work rule because of health and safety? Great. Oh, I know. Break loads of glass all the time. So he has to wear his shoes. <laughs> there we go. Problem solved. And that was our podcast. We would love to hear from you. Um, if you have a story to share about your own social ineptitude, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com and the same email address if you have a, a situation whereby you need to know what to do, what are the rules, what are the social rules. We can shed light, that, uh, shed light on that for you in this 
corner, quandary corner, hello at adriftpodcast.com, that email address. Usually at this point, I do all the thank yous and whatnot. But Annabelle, you've only got a few minutes left on your parking voucher. Oh, right. You? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it there. So say bye bye, Annabelle. Bye bye. Adrift. Annabelle, you are not going to get a parking ticket, not on my watch. I'm going to read through the podication quickly, but at the same time respectfully to the person who sent it in. <laughs> There's and no rush, it's fine. <laughs> that person is Matt Brammer, who says, hello. 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 I write to you on this rainy Saturday, partially to alleviate the boredom of desk work, but mostly to request a podication for my lovely wife, Ellen, Ellie Brammer. Aww. Her birthday falls on the 19th of March, and it's quite possible I've requested podication for a birthday of hers approximately 10 years ago, I think, which coincided with the first birthday of our daughter, Meg. Hers is on the 21st of March. I've just found the CD we made of that for posterity, and it is dated the 20th of March, 2009. Oh, wow. She's getting ready for big school in a few months, Titherington High, and I'm not sure she's really that enthusiastic for change. My uncle Les and my Auntie Beryl live in Titherington. Oh, really? Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Many years ago, I came across your old radio show podcast when you were on in the evening and into the night. Ellen is a late comer to podcasts on her own devices. So listening back uh, then consisted of us binging on podcasts throughout our long holiday drives to various exciting locations around England and Wales. The new Adrift podcast was the final straw, though, and after waiting so long for your return, she decided it was time to add at least one podcast to her phone. I think it's still just the one. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's now a full devotee with Patreon donations ongoing. Oh. Annabelle's book pre-ordered. Oh, thank you. Um, excitedly received and devoured oh. within hours of its arrival. Really? Oh, wow. Really? Uh, as I type, she is prepping her new pencil order. Well, she oh. should have the pencils yeah, now, shouldn't yeah, she? Yeah, she should have. Uh, she's definitely a member of your core demographic. She worries about every social situation. And all meetings and words must be dissected to ensure no offence ever caused and no one ever thinks ill of her. She occasionally dabbles in a little bit of Jeff stalking (laughs) and has on more than one occasion been especially excited if Jeff's social media highlights a return to Macclesfield. Last time she saw you walk past her fat face shop. I remember that. Macclesfield, I do. But couldn't rush out to meet you, uh, harass you, as she was the only person in there and to leave would have been too reckless. (laughs) I know. Well, the thing was I walked past and I saw a friendly face and I thought, that's a friendly face and then I got myself into a whole panic that it was somebody you know I knew from years ago that I didn't recognise and you know so I had my own little bit of social awkwardness around Mm, that but then Ellie and and I uh, did a bit of interacting on Twitter but I don't think she's working there anymore so you know when I walk past that fat face shop now, as I do on occasion. You're stalking her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the other way around. There's no friendly face. Yeah. Um, she is the best person. I mourned the fact uh, mourned the fact daily that there aren't enough people like her in the world to make it more tolerable and provide a balance with all the abhorrent, unfeeling winkies we're subject to in newspapers and even everyday life. That's that's lovely. Yeah. A nice thing to hear about yourself, Ellie. Um Matt, thank you for sticking with us. Ellie, thanks for coming over onto podcasts. And mm. I hope you have a marvellous birthday, a marvellous March birthday. Yeah. Um, and uh, 10 years as well, that's quite something, isn't it? I know, it, it makes me feel a bit funny. Yeah. 
Uh, but there we go. Happy birthday to Ellie from Matt. Um, and I guess, guess happy birthday to Meg as well. Yeah, happy birthday, Meg. Yeah, uh, on the 21st. And if you would like a podication, you can email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Now, Annabelle, go, 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 <coughs> go, go. go. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.